Last week, we began a new sermon series titled, Seriously? Considering how we respond as Christians to the ridiculous nature of society at times. How we respond when people seem to be overly greedy and self-absorbed. How we respond to lack of public concern and safety. How we respond when the world seems to be going the world's way and not God's way. I mentioned that while the media tends to have a tendency to scare us into thinking that this human rebellion is novel, it's new, it's unique to our age, humans have been dissenting for decades. And there have always been a few, we call them the prophets, who have called us back to the source. You know the source, to God. Saying, you tried doing your own thing, now try doing God's thing. See how your life will change. And one of the, my favorite of those prophets is Micah, who reminded the people amid impending disaster that everything would be all right that everything would be okay, that abundant life would return to them. All they had to do was remember to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with their God. Reading the Gospel of Luke last week, we examined the first of Micah's three-part call through the parable of Jesus, the parable about a widow and an unjust judge. And we reminded that to do justice is an ongoing task for all of us, that we engage in in community for the liberation of all. And this week, we're going to look at the second component, to love kindness, to love mercy, to practice loving kindness. The Hebrew word in the scripture for this part of Micah's statement is hesed, H-E-S-E-D, hesed. And it's not easily translatable in English. And that's why you see all these different variations depending on which translation of the Bible you're using. But it is most closely associated with covenant relationship, with a deep abiding, steadfast kind of love. In the Gospels, in the Greek, Jesus uses the word agape. A-G-A-P-E. Agape. In a very similar way to express this loving kindness. So will you now stand with me as you are able, and we're going to read out of the fourth Gospel, the Gospel according to John, from the 15th chapter, beginning with the first verse. I am the true vine, Jesus says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You, already, you are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, 
as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. No, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may, complete, may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You do not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship, here we are to bow down, here we are to say that you are indeed our holy and our worthy God. Hide this, your servant, behind that cross, so that everything that is said and everything that is heard this day comes straight from you. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Advocate, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Sometimes when people talk about love, when they talk about kindness, when they talk about mercy and grace and hesed and this agape, I have a feeling there's a tendency at times in our society for many people to stop listening. They think they understand love. They think they understand what it means to be kind. And sure, they think that these ideals may be good in theory, but when push comes to shove, a push is going to lead to a shove. <laughs> Returned, right? We live in a very tit-for-tat society. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We take pleasure in seeing justice, but not the justice we talked about last week, right, Mary? The ongoing journey for liberation for all, that's not the justice we like. We like the justice that makes us feel good. We live in a society that sees justice as sending people to prison. 
Did you know that according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, I thought it was interesting that there's a Bureau of Justice Statistics just alone, I found that interesting. But since 1970, our incarcerated population in the United States has increased close to 500%. There are two million people in jail and in prison in our country today, far outpacing both growth and crime. We live in a society that sees justice as sending people to die for their crimes each year. At the end of 2020, again, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, 2,500 people sat on death row in 28 states. We don't see justice, though, as visiting those in prison, helping them get IDs and jobs when they get out of prison. In fact, nonpartisan watchdog groups like the Prison Policy Initiative report that many government-run facilities and private prisons create systematic barriers to prevent people in prison from even being visited or getting help. They transfer inmates to great distances from their support networks. They narrow visiting hours. They make strip searches routine for people who come to visit their loved ones. And an ID when you get out of prison, did you know it comes at great cost? You don't have a job and you need to get an ID to do almost anything in this world. We don't see, live in a society that sees justice as restorative, as part of the gospel, because we have disconnected justice from relationships. We have disconnected justice from loving kindness. We have stopped having a vested interest in reformation, in reforming society, and instead we just want revenge. And so we end up seeing justice as the polar and complete opposite end of the scale as loving kindness, when in reality they are vitally supportive of one another. Did you know that Pope Francis declared in 2016 the year of mercy? And in his papal bull, his big decree, misericorde voltus, he said, mercy is not opposed to justice, but rather expresses God's way of reaching out to the sinner, offering him, her, them a new chance to look at themselves, convert, and believe. When Jesus talks about agape, this loving kindness, the love of God here in the fourth gospel, he uses the metaphor of the vine and the branches, all connected to each other. Of all the images Jesus could have used, he says, I am the true vine. I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, Jeremy and I live in a very wooded uh, jungle of a yard, right, Mary? And there are a lot of vines when we moved in and growing up all the trees and all the structures. And let me tell you, vines are not easily untangled from each other and the other plants that they're growing on. Every vine seems to be attached to every other vine. You might lift up one piece of ivy and it will go halfway down the yard. There's no telling which one is the original and which one are the offspring. 
Did you hear what Christ said? I do not call you servants any longer because a servant does not know what the master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from the Father. We are all connected. If loving kindness is practiced, you cannot tell if this is Christ or Christ's emissaries. Loving kindness, the love of God Jesus speaks of, is not something born out of one's own desires, right, Ruby? But out of a deep, intricate web of connections to something greater than oneself. You cannot know loving kindness without being connected to God and one another. You cannot stand on your own island and practice love and kindness and mercy yourself. We need loving kindness pouring into us in order to practice loving kindness. They say the biggest bullies are the ones who have the roughest home lives, right, Amber? Because they are not receiving the love, they don't know how to give love. This is scientifically proven by researchers. By the same token, having a loving relationship makes one more loving. It's about our connection. And did you notice the repetition in this gospel passage as well? The words are almost like a vine themselves. As a literature nerd, I really love the gospel of John for this. Remain in me and I will also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit and must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you get it. Hear it? Agape love, this loving kindness, is one, connected. Two, it remains. It is steadfast. Loving kindness is loyal. In the translation of Micah's prophecy Mary read today, Micah calls the people to be loyal in love. Loving kindness is noted by its connection to God and one another, as well as its unconditionality. It's non-preferential. It stays by your side through thick and thin and does not waver. Now hear me. That does not mean that love and kindness always condones. Justice is the ongoing struggle, remember, for life abundant, for liberation for all. And that does not mean that everything is okay and acceptance of everything, but it does mean endurance running the race with someone else always. When things happen, when stuff goes down, love remains. Loving kindness is the parent who says, yes, you did something wrong. You may have to do more chores now. You may have to do some time. You may have to apologize, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm still your mother. I'm still your father. Loving kindness is not saying I love you if, or I love you but. This love remains. 
always. It is of Christ, and because of Christ, it is loyal. I recently watched a new Netflix movie called Uncharted. It's with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, and it's about their search. You know, it's a classic search for lost fortune uh, of the great explorer Ferdinand Magellan. And spoiler alert, they eventually find the treasure. And like most movies like this, there's a battle to get it. And Mark Wahlberg is forced to make a choice at the end of the movie between saving his gold and saving Tom Holland's character's life. And guess what he chooses? He chooses loyalty over the gold. No greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Loving kindness is choosing God and one another every time. In spite of wealth, in spite of opportunity, it's waking up each day and saying, we're in this together, always. Lastly, there is evidence of loving kindness. There is evidence from the connection to God and one another. Everyone will know if the vine is connected to the branch. And loving kindness and mercy remain because of what? What? There will be fruit. There will be fruit rather than fire. In the same proclamation Pope Francis, of Pope Francis I read earlier, he says, mercy is the force that reawakens us to new life and instills in us courage to look to the future with hope. Loving kindness will be clear because new life will be formed. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, Christ says, fruit that will last. You are not being loving and kind unless people are being changed. You know loving kindness when something shifts. When life abundant becomes a reality, that's when loving kindness is present. I love when people say, oh, I'm being loving by telling this person what they need to hear. I'm being loving and merciful by speaking hard truths to them. And then that person feels awful about themselves afterward. That's not loving kindness. There is always a way to speak to people, to be with people in a manner that communicates difficult truths, but does not leave them feeling isolated and bad about themselves. No one said loving kindness was easy, but God said it was possible. One of my favorite news reports in the last year was about dads on duty. Have you seen this? It's about a group of dedicated fathers who changed the trajectory of a Louisiana high school by just simply being present in the building. Take a listen. When the SOS went up at a troubled school, who answered the call? A bunch of DADs. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. 
It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. Plagued with violence. Over the course of three days, another fight. 23 students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. But strangely, there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? With well, that, we decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting, people started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes. (laughs) Not many people know it, but yes. (laughs) Let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it to class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. They just make funny jokes like, oh, hey, your student's untied, but it's really not untied. (laughs) They hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. And it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has the father figure figure at home. Or a male, period in their life. So just to be here makes a big difference. Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. 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 They'd like to start chapters of Dads on Duty throughout Louisiana. What's up, baby boy? And hope to eventually take on the country. All right. Without a fight. (laughs) Steve Hartman, on the road, in Shreveport, Louisiana. Notice what the school was like before the dads on duty started taking shifts. Before their presence in the hall, they they started building relationships with the students, speaking to, to them by name, cheering them on, telling jokes, noticing changes in the students' emotions and responding appropriately. They built relationships. This, that, is an example of loving kindness. It is invested and it leads to transformation. You can see the fruit. I should add, I do not believe that loving kindness too is something that we only enact on others. It's also something that needs to be internalized. The way we speak to ourselves and act to ourselves directly impacts the way we speak and act to one another. Being loving and kind to yourself, having mercy on yourself. Oh, my therapist knows all too well I need to hear this myself. (laughs) Has a direct impact on the way we talk and speak to one another. In a world that struggles to know how to respond to sickness, to violence, to unrest, to natural disaster. In a world where At times, it feels like one more incident is going to throw us over the edge. In a world where we constantly have this desire to throw up our hands and scream, seriously? 
God calls us into loving kindness, into hesed, to mercy, and to agape love today and every day. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, amen.